0: God. What I believe the Lord wanted to talk to us about this morning is something we all know about, but there's a different angle to it. It's about spreading the kingdom, all right, spreading the kingdom. We all know the scripture where the Lord, before he departed, gave instructions to his disciples, go into all the world and teach the gospel. Amen. Do all those wonderful things. And we all know that. But before I go into what I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that this word has the power to change us. May we have soft hearts, Lord, that allow your word to do what only your word can do. Make that big alteration inside us that needs to happen on a daily basis we yield to your word. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as the one who teaches us. You are our instructor. You were at the scene when these words were penned and spoken. Lord, you knew exactly what the heart of the Father wanted to communicate. And you, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, are here now. And so all we're asking is that you take what was meant through your word through the word of our Father, and put that word into our spirit, man, that we might be changed to become more like him. That's our prayer this morning. We thank you that no force of darkness can stop this from happening as long as we yield ourselves. And all those within the sound of my voice, in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Well, look, if you have your Bibles, I'd like us just to go to Luke 17. 20 to 21. And you might say, well, this doesn't really tie up, but I'll explain what I believe the Lord wants to share with us. Luke 17, 20 to 21. I'll just read it quickly. All right. Luke 17, 20 and 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, now the Pharisees, the Jewish nation, let's remind ourselves, they were expecting a political kingdom. They were expecting somebody like King David to come and raise up Israel yet again to its former glory, right? So they were waiting for that to happen. The scriptures promised a Messiah that would come and do what they thought would be exactly that. So they said, when would this kingdom come, the kingdom of God? And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say... See here or see here. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen? The kingdom of God is within you. Now, when we talk about spreading the kingdom, of course, it does involve to a large extent what we say and what we do. Amen? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Romans, it expresses this, that how can anybody believe unless they have heard? And how can anybody hear unless somebody has been there to preach? You will get it. So, you and I, we have the function of obviously proclaiming the truth. Each in his own way, where he is, and how God has called you and I to do it. Everyone's an individual, remember that. All right? So let's not get hung up with, you know, preaching the gospel. You've got to be in front of a massive crowd and you've got to get everybody healed. It is is that, but it's a lot more. It's every day meeting people. We know that. But what I believe the Lord wants us to focus on this morning is this. Extending the kingdom is not just about what we say and what we do. It's about who we are. Amen? who we are. What kind of people we are. You see, you and I can spend a lot of time witnessing to somebody and then through one action wreck everything. Amen? I know a lot of people, and this is really a poor excuse, but they'll say, well, look at that person. They call themselves a Christian. As if to say, because they messed up badly now, that excuses me. But in a sense, a lot of people have that impression. We know a lot of people that will say, you Christians, the way you behave, won't do business with you. Sad to say, it's true. But you see, you and I as children of God have a responsibility to do something about that. And I've been really blessed by the Bible study that we're doing at the moment. encourage as many of us to get there as possible, but... We're going through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and as you all probably know, the central fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, this agape love of God, all right? That's the central fruit. All the other fruit, they tie up with that. They each have their own aspects. And if you read the scriptures, especially 1 Corinthians 13, Paul there lists, how this agape love operates, all right? It's one thing, although it's not a thing, it's a person, because God is love. But it presents itself, himself, in different ways. Can you see? And what's becoming apparently clear to me more than ever before is this. You see, we call to live a life of faith. And faith is not just about doing the works of God, although it is very much that. But it is also about being like him. And I need to just explain the process to us because, you see, none of us here is exempt. Amen? We all have this responsibility to work on ourselves. Nobody was born again into the kingdom of heaven and became like the angel Gabriel. Janet was the angel Gabriel before she got born again. That's not true not at all. That's not true. So when she got That's born not. again, she became the angel Gabriel on wheels. <laughs> hey, my dear. That's not true at all. <laughs> Look what she married. I almost. Whole. I certainly was not the angel Gabriel when I got born again. Amen. Furthermore, the moment I got born again, i didn 't just overnight become the angel, Gabriel. Can I tell you a horrible secret i 'm still not the angel Gabriel, but i 'm working on it now i 'm working on it. Do you understand now, now, please what I want to just communicate, I feel this is god 's heart now. You and I are in this process of being changed. Amen, from one degree of glory to the next, we have to be as children of God. Amen? The myth that I work very hard in this church to absolutely destroy is that it doesn't just happen. Has everybody got that, yeah? If you learn nothing else, please. You and I can't sit around and say, God is working on me. With the understanding that he's working on me, but as for me, <laughs> I just carry on as normal. Do you get it? God is working on you and I, yes. But what does God require? Cooperation. Has everybody grasped this fact? It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Sometimes people get into a big mess and they say, oh, God's teaching me a lesson. Have you heard that one? Well, you might learn a lesson in the experience, all right, But that's not God's way of teaching us. Did you know that? Please, God sent his word to teach us. Children of God, we've got to know what to do. You understand? Many children of God haven't got a clue. What am I supposed to do? This is how it works. All right. And as you read, for example, I'm going to use what we've been doing in the Bible study as an example. It speaks about love. And Paul says, love does not do this. All right. And love does this. Now, you see, you and I read that. We've got a choice to make, can you see? The Bible speaks about looking in a glass darkly. We look at the mirror, and thereby change from glory to glory. That mirror is the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God. This is how it's supposed to work. We go and look at the Bible, at the word, with the Holy Spirit, and we see what we should be. Amen? As we see what we should be, we realize what we are. Amen? Now, we've got a choice. We can say, I'm looking in the mirror. Got a nice big pimple there. I'll just leave it for the day. Is that thinkable, ladies? No, Why look at the mirror in the first place? You understand? You see, you look at the mirror and you realize, hmm, a bit of panel beating necessary. <laughs> Quite funny, we had an elderly lady in the church. And I said, who looks in the mirror and doesn't do anything about it? And she says, I did. <laughs> God took the wind out of my sails completely. Now, this is where, in a sense, you and I, as children of God, have got a choice. Did you know that? The whole Christian walk is based on what? Making the right choices. You get saved by making the right choice. Thank God I was dumb enough to do it. I mean, you don't have to have too much intelligence to choose between heaven and hell, really. But I did it. But I had to make a choice, you see. But it didn't stop there. So you see, as we read the Word of God, we see this is what I'm supposed to be Maybe we don't even think that we not like that. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into action, and guess what? The test takes place a little bit down the road. All right, you see that? Now, you see, here is the whole process. We see it in the Word. The test comes, and right there, we have to make a choice. Please let me say this again for the millionth time. God will never ask you and I to do something we can't do. Would you give me an amen for that, please? However, very often, and if we are serious about growing, he will ask us to do something I don't want to do. You get it? And most often, when you and I have the courage, the strength of character, to say, no, I'm going to do what I don't want to do, that's when we grow. All right? Yolandi, I'm really amazed. She had this horrific crash yesterday. We announced that the service starts at half past nine, but we're going to have prayer at nine o'clock. Quarter to nine. Quarter to Nine. Ring, ring, and who's there? One, two, three. Now, this morning, when you woke up and the prospect of walking to church because the car doesn't work came to your mind, you had a choice, did you not? I'm going to church, and God will bless you, you see. That's a lovely example. But let me tell you, that sort of thinking comes into you in my life all the time. You read about the love of God, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love does not parade itself. Does not parade itself. Now you see, you read that, oh, that's wonderful. I don't parade myself. Do you, I, Haley? Speak into the microphone. <laughs> I want it on record. No. <laughs> but let me tell you. That didn't happen overnight. There was a time in my life where, guess what? Graham loved to parade himself. And it's dangerous if you had that attitude and you play the trumpet. (laughs) I mean, I've shared this before. It's so embarrassing that I'll share it again. I went to the minister. This one church was really going well. Anointing had come upon them. This was the heart of the charismatic revival. And there this minister was doing so well with this wonderful congregation. And old Graham, he creeps up to the minister and says, would you like someone to play the trumpet? Who do you think that someone was, by any chance? Was I promoting somebody else? Oh no, Graham wanted to parade himself. I mean, especially seeing there was a choir. Um, I was unmarried at the time, by the way filled with these beautiful girls, (laughs) (laughs) and my soul did. I come in on the trumpet. There's one problem, though. For your information, those who don't know music, a trumpet is a transposing instrument, which means what's written and what is sounded, there's a tone difference. (laughs) I came in onward, Christian soldiers. But the trumpet came in on the third verse. A whole tone out. <laughs> Do you want to see somebody creep home very quietly? <laughs> Amen? Very quietly. I put my trumpet in the boot. Didn't mention it again. Now, but you see, that was the old nature. But it goes on. It's very demanding, this. You see? Love does not seek its own. Do you know that? Love does not seek its own. So if love doesn't seek its own, what does love do? The real love of God. The love of God seeks the best for others. You understand? Now you read that, very simply read that. Oh, I don't do that. What happens? Suddenly you find yourself in company. If you don't know that scripture, or you don't know any better, what do we do? We try and make the most out of that Environment for who? Ourselves. You get it? We gravitate to the front line of the food too. Make sure that if the food runs out, (laughs) guess what? I will be fed. You get it? Double portion in case there's none left over for seconds. I know nobody here does this sort of thing. You've never done this, hey Rufi. This is totally foreign to thee. Completely. No, nothing about it. There's somebody else here. Anybody? Is it just me? That's a lie. Well, what I'm trying to say is, you see, now, the old man comes into a situation and wants to behave like that. Amen. But the word says no. Seek the best for others. You see, that's love. Think of everybody else first. You see, very often I'm talking about society because it's common to us all. Who do we gravitate to in the natural? People that we sort of feel are going to make us look good to be with. Am I right? We see the nerd. The wimp, whatever over there. Ignore them. No, I don't want to associate with them. You understand? But what does love do? You get it? You see, now, the point is this that you and I come into a situation and we know what the word says. The word says love does not seek its own. It doesn't. Now, the temptation is to seek your own. All right, make sure that chocolate cake looks after you. It's quite funny. And Janet and I were invited. What was the occasion? We had to bring a cake. It was very embarrassing, but this is a you know, dirty washing morning. They asked us, please bring a cake. Please bring a cake. They didn't give us any detail. We brought a cake. We bought one of these instant cakes, you see, we made it up. And I don't know if you know, but these things are sort of like, you know, designed for one glutton, <laughs> not two. We arrive at the party. The whole world and his dog doggies there, plus children, and now it's time for dessert. The ballons are going to feed you. Oh, my soul. Out comes this pathetic crumb. Fortunately, there were a whole lot of... What do they call it? Slimy Slim crowd there. They had their own little dish over there. So that relieved us of half the embarrassment. But let me tell you, this was a very nice cake. And we'd scraped all the cash together to buy them because they're not cheap. And I was eyeing this cake. And I was looking at the crowd and I thought, You're going home hungry, boy. <laughs> but you see, the old nature has said, before we ha- I will cut the cake. Stand back, run off with of a But you understand, I mean, that thing was polished in about two seconds. It was embarrassing. But you see, when you come into a situation like that, what's got to be our mentality? You see, we've got to choose. No, forget about me. Forget about me. You get it? And let me just say this. This is the beauty of it. Let's just read a scripture. Remember, this opening scripture was the kingdom of God is within us. Within you. Amen? Within you. You got that. Let's just go to Galatians. Galatians 4. I'm just going to read from 12 to 22. This is Paul. Now, Paul had quite a job. Alright? Galatians 4, 12 to 22. Brethren, now you must understand something about Paul. He took his job seriously. Amen? He didn't believe in pastoring by remote control as in internet. I'll put out the word and just trust you lot will get on with it. He was hands-on when he could be, but sometimes he couldn't. That's why he resorted to writing letters. Thank God, because we've got some record. You understand? Brethren, I urge you, speaking to the church at Galatia, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. All right? you have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject. But you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. That doesn't mean he had eye problems, by the way, for information. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing, always and not only when I am present with you. Now listen to this. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. Let me explain it. What had actually happened is Paul had established this church at great expense to himself, as you can see. And then he was away because he had to go all over the place. And then the Judaizers came to try and get the people to follow them. You see? And the sad thing is they went for it. All right? They went for it. They had to try and fight back. To get them back you see and that's why we have the book of galatians actually but notice what he says all this trouble he went through for what purpose christ to be formed in you amen remember the kingdom of god is in us i'm trying to tie a few things together here you see but christ when you and i get born again yes he's in us But there's a process of him being in us and being formed in us, is what we're talking about. Do you see that? Being formed in us. If Christ is formed in us, we become like him. Can I ask you a question? Who's the king of the kingdom? Christ, Yeshua, Jesus, right? So when you and I, the more we become like the king, to the greater extent we can extend his kingdom. Do you see the tide? Remember what I said. Extending the kingdom is not just about what we say and what we do. But intrinsically tied up with that is who we actually are. Amen? Who we are. And that's the process, you see. That's why we have the word. But let me just explain it this way. You see, I come to a situation. For example, there's the cake. The old Graham would like to eat the whole cake for himself. You understand? And believe it or not, he's quite capable of it. His skill extends to that level in the eating department. Amen? Now, what happens? You see? In a sense, you look at that and you think, you know what? What does the Bible say? Love doesn't seek its own. Mm -hmm. Slap handies. Step back. And enjoy the smile on the children's faces. But please, listen. You make the right choice. We make the right choice. Our flesh doesn't want to make the choice. Does everybody grasp this? It's not our nature. But we make the choice, despite our nature, guess what starts to happen? You and I consistently do that. You know what happens? Your one-mind nature actually changes. Can you see that? Slowly but surely, Christ is formed in us. Amen? Christ is formed in us. Let me ask you a question. What sort of person would you and I be drawn to? Somebody's only concerned about themselves or someone who's genuinely concerned about you and I? Do you all see that? Who are we naturally drawn to? You can't fake it, did you know that? You can't fake the love of God. You can't. You can't pretend it. That's why I like the children so much. No room for any kind of fooling around. They see right through everything. Because their hearts are so pure at that stage. They're working on it, but at that stage. Can you see? They just know. They just know who or what is before them. But you see, you and I, we, in a sense, have been contaminated by the world system. What is our duty? Slowly but surely, at times painfully even. Amen? Make the right choices. Garden of Gethsemane, not my will. You see? Not my will, yours. What would love do in this situation? Love is not provoked. Did you know that? Love is not provoked. Can I put that in common? terminology. Love doesn't get fed up. You understand? Love doesn't take things to heart. Doesn't take the bait of Satan. Doesn't do it. You like a bit of just in-house information. You will be offended in church. Can I get more to the point? You will be offended in this church. <laughs> Is that because I love to offend or we love to offend people? Not at all. Not at all. But it's the nature of the kingdom of heaven to actually touch the button. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The particular thing that upsets thee, O Holy One of Israel. (laughs) Trust the hound of heaven to come and focus on that. You see, not the other stuff that you got right. Please. You see, we don't have to work on what we've got right, do we? I mean, if you're teaching a child maths and they can't do subtraction, what have you got to focus on? Oh, he can add, he can multiply. You're doing great, son. However, let's go to minus and divide. You see, what have you got to work on? The weak spots. God knows that. Why? He wants to see Christ... Amen? Can you see that? And that's so valuable to God. That's so valuable to God. You go through the accident. What is the issue? How am I going to react? Is it not? How am I going to react? I get into a troubled situation. What am I going to do? And God is sitting on the sidelines. Let's see what he does. And we blow it, maybe. We get angry. We do the wrong thing. Do you know what happens? Back on the track of life round the mountain. And then what happens? Similar situation comes our way. Oh, surprise, surprise. Well, there's no surprises in it. What's the whole issue? God won't let go until what? Christ is formed. In us. Amen. If you have anger issues, let me tell you, look to be provoked. Look forward to the opportunity to throw your toys out of the cot. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to happen time and time and time again until such time as what? You wise up and you say, you know what? I'm not going to throw my toys out of the cot. And then God says, "Okay, we can stop with that test. There was a time in my life when God had to deal with my impatience. He's still working on it, by the way. But I was impatience on steroids. And I got it from my father. My father was the most impatient man I've ever met. I went fishing with him once. I'm a soul. I'm a soul. got in the car foot flat. We're going fishing. We arrive at this place. Get everything into the boat. We're going fishing. And then we finish. Get in the car. Let's go home. (laughs) He just had no peace. He's just in a rush all the time. God's teaching me patience. There was a stage in my life. I lived in a small village. And every time I got in the car, no matter what time of day or night or where I was going, I'd get onto the road and guess what would happen? The big truck come in front of me, traveling at about 10 k's an hour. Then that would get out of the way, and I'd say, oh, great. And then what? Another truck. A bus. <laughs> it was uncanny. Every time I wanted to drive somewhere. It's a small village, but every truck, every bus, every I don't know what slow-moving donkey cart there was in that village would jump in front of me. It's a horrible experience. Not that I had a very fast car, but my impatience wanted to push that thing to get from A to B in two seconds. But, oh no, not for you, Graham. Until I wised up, what did I realize? God's trying to teach me something. So instead of letting my blood pressure rise through the roof and start to speak heavenly language, (laughs) directed at the driver of the said slow-moving vehicle, words which my father also taught me. Industrial English, by the way. Oh, yes, and I'm a Christian, and I'm a pastor. Isn't that wonderful? A beautiful, beautiful hypocrite. But God was teaching me a lesson, you understand? Until I wised up and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get there anyway. Slow down. Lay it on me. Where's the next one, sort of thing? What's the miracle? The moment my attitude changed, guess what? Not a truck, not a bus, not a donkey cart to be seen. You understand? What was God busy trying to do? Form Christ in me. Are you? this is what he grasps. You see, this is the process. And let me tell you, children of God, if you and I want to promote the kingdom of heaven, and please, it's so important to grasp, this forming of Christ in you and I has got nothing to do with trying to get God to love us. Has everybody got that? He cannot love us any more than he already has before we even born again. Do you understand? You and I are not trying to be nice and holy so that Almighty God will give us an extra cookie when we get there. Do you understand? You've got that mentality, you've missed the boat totally. Amen? The bus, went over you. The <laughs> bus rode over you. Exactly. What is it about? Let me tell you exactly what it's about. It's about what we're talking here, you see? Christ in you, the more he's in us, the more effective we are to extend his kingdom. Amen? And that's what he's about. Amen? Do you know there are men? Charles Finney was a man in which the Holy Spirit had really filled this man. He wouldn't even have to stop in the village. He'd go past in the train and the village would get saved. How's that? Do you see? That's Christ formed in you. Smith Wigglesworth, it's known, he went on a train and while he's sitting, minding his own business, a man falls to the floor and says, Sir, you convict me of my sin. Pray for me. Can you see? What's happened there? You see, Christ has been formed in that man. The more Christ is formed in you and I, the easier it is to extend the kingdom. Amen? You won't have to argue. What's supposed to happen? We're supposed to be so different, especially in this dark world that's getting darker and darker all the time. No reference to ESCOM. But you and I, if we're shining brightly because of what? Christ formed in us. Everybody's throwing their toys out of the proverbial cot, petrified, men's hearts failing because of fear. And here comes the man and woman in whom Christ is formed. Peace. Peace. No problem. You understand? Everybody's filled with rage and hate. And what happens? Here comes along the person. In whom the love of God is perfected. Let me help you, brother. Everybody's trying to get their little bit because there's so little around. Here, let me help you. You'll know the kingdom of heaven has come. When Graham pitches up at your home and says, I baked this chocolate cake just for thee. (laughs) I've said enough. Let's pray. Father God, this is quite a task. It's a lifetime business. But I pray that we would be people that make a difference. Why? Because we've allowed your word to work in us. We've allowed your spirit to change us. We've allowed your son to be formed in us. This painful process of dying to the old ways, the old way of life, the old thinking patterns, the old nature. Holy Spirit, fill us, we pray, make us more like Him, in His mighty name, Amen. Praise God. What I believe the Lord wanted to talk to us about this morning is something we all know about, but there's a different angle to it. It's about spreading the kingdom, all right, spreading the kingdom. We all know the scripture where the Lord, before he departed, gave instructions to his disciples, go into all the world and teach the gospel, amen, do all those wonderful things, and we all know that. But before I go into what I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that this word has the power to change us. May we have soft hearts, Lord, that allow your word to do what only your word can do. Make that big alteration inside us that needs to happen on a daily basis. We yield to your word. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as the one who teaches us. You are our instructor. You were at the scene when these words were penned and spoken. Lord, you knew exactly what the heart of the Father wanted to communicate. And you, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth are here now. And so all we're asking is that you take what was meant through your word, through the word of our Father, and put that word into our spirit, man, that we might be changed to become more like him. That's our prayer this morning. We thank you that no force of darkness can stop this from happening as long as we yield ourselves. And all those within the sound of my voice, in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Well, look, if you have your Bibles, I'd like us just to go to Luke 17. 20 to 21. And you might say, well, this doesn't really tie up, but I'll explain what I believe the Lord wants to share with us. Luke seventeen twenty to 21. I'll just read it quickly. All right. Luke seventeen twenty and 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, now the Pharisees, the Jewish nation, let's remind ourselves, they were expecting a political kingdom. They were expecting somebody like King David to come and raise up Israel yet again to its former glory, right? So they were waiting for that to happen. The scriptures promised a Messiah that would come and do what they thought would be exactly that. So they said, when would this kingdom come, the kingdom of God? And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say See here or see here. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen? The kingdom of God is within you. Now, when we talk about spreading the kingdom, of course, it does involve to a large extent what we say and what we do. Amen? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Romans, it expresses this, that how can anybody believe unless they have heard? And how can anybody hear unless somebody has been there to preach? You will get it. So you and I, we have the function of obviously proclaiming the truth. Each in his own way, where he is and how God has called you and I to do it. Everyone's an individual. Remember that. All right. So let's not get hung up with, you know, preaching the gospel. You've got to be in front of a massive crowd and you've got to get everybody healed. It is that, but it's a lot more. It's every day meeting people. We know that. But what I believe the Lord wants us to focus on this morning is this. Extending the kingdom is not just about what we say and what we do. It's about who we are. Amen? who we are, what kind of people we are. You see, you and I can spend a lot of time witnessing to somebody and then, through one action, wreck everything. Amen? I know a lot of people, and this is really a poor excuse, but they'll say, well, look at that person. They call themselves a Christian. As if to say, because they messed up badly now, that excuses me. But in a sense, a lot of people have that impression. We know a lot of people that will say, you Christians, the way you behave, won't do business with you. Sad to say, it's true. But you see, you and I as children of God have a responsibility to do something about that. And I've been really blessed by the Bible study that we're doing at the moment. Encourage as many of us to get there as possible, but... We're going through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and as you all probably know, the central fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, this agape love of God, all right? That's the central fruit. All the other fruit, they tie up with that. They each have their own aspects. And if you read the scriptures, especially 1 Corinthians 13, Paul there lists, how this agape love operates, all right? It's one thing, although it's not a thing, it's a person, because God is love. But it presents itself, himself, in different ways. Can you see? And what's becoming apparently clear to me more than ever before is this. You see, we call to live a life of faith. And faith is not just about doing the works of God, although it is very much that but it is also about being like him. And I need to just explain the process to us because, you see, none of us here is exempt. Amen? We all have this responsibility to work on ourselves. Nobody was born again into the kingdom of heaven and became like the angel Gabriel. Wow. Janet was the angel Gabriel before she got born again. It's not true at all. That's not true. So when she got born again she became the angel Gabriel on wheels. <laughs> hey my dear. That's not true at all. Look what she married. Almost half. I certainly was not the angel Gabriel when I got born again. Amen. Furthermore, the moment I got born again, I didn't just overnight become the angel Gabriel. Can I tell you a horrible secret? I'm still not the angel Gabriel. But I'm working on it. Now I'm working on it. Do you understand? Now, now, please. What I want to just communicate, I feel this is God's heart now. You and I are in this process of being changed. Amen? From one degree of glory to the next. We have to be as children of God. Amen. The myth that I work very hard in this church to absolutely destroy, is that it doesn't just happen. Has everybody got that, yeah? If you learn nothing else, please, you and I can't sit around and say, God is working on me. With the understanding that he's working on me, but as for me, (laughs) I just carry on as normal. Do you get it? God is working on you and I, yes. But what does God require? Cooperation. Has everybody grasped this fact? It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Sometimes people get into a big mess and they say, oh, God's teaching me a lesson. Have you heard that one? Well, you might learn a lesson in the experience, all right, but that's not God's way of teaching us. Did you know that? Please, God sent his word to teach us. Children of God, we've got to know what to do. You understand? Many children of God haven't got a clue. What am I supposed to do? This is how it works, all right? And as you read, for example, I'm going to use what we've been doing in the Bible study as an example. It speaks about love. And Paul says, love does not do this, all right? And love does this. Now, you see, you and I read that. We've got a choice to make. Can you see? The Bible speaks about looking in a glass darkly. Right? We look at the mirror, and thereby change from glory to glory. That mirror is the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God. This is how it's supposed to work. We go and look at the Bible, at the word, with the Holy Spirit, and we see what we should be. Amen? As we see what we should be, we realize what we are. Amen? Now, we've got a choice. We can say, I'm looking in the mirror. Got a nice big pimple there. I'll just leave it for the day. Is that thinkable, ladies? No, Why look at the mirror in the first place? You understand? You see, you look at the mirror and you realize, "Hmm, bit of panel beating necessary. Quite funny, we had an elderly lady in the church, and I said, who looks in the mirror and doesn't do anything about it? And she says, I did." <laughs> God took the wind out of my sails completely. Now, this is where, in a sense, you and I as children of God have got a choice. Did you know that the whole Christian walk is based on what? Making the right choices. You get saved by making the right choice. Thank God I was dumb enough to do it. I mean, you don't have to have too much intelligence to choose between heaven and hell, really. But I did it. But I had to make a choice, you see. But it didn't stop there. So you see, as we read the Word of God, we see this is what I'm supposed to be. Maybe we don't even think that we not like that. That's where the Holy Spirit comes into action, and guess what? The test takes place a little bit down the road. All right, you see that? Now you see, here is the whole process. We see it in the word. The test comes, and right there, we have to make a choice. Please let me say this again for the millionth time. God will never ask you and I to do something we can't do. Would you give me an amen for that, please? However, very often, and if we are serious about growing, he will ask us to do something I don't want to do. You get it? And most often, when you and I have the courage, the strength of character, to say, no, I'm going to do what I don't want to do, that's when we grow. All right? Yolandi, I'm really amazed. She had this horrific crash yesterday. We announced that the service starts at half past nine, but we're going to have prayer at nine o'clock. Quarter to nine. Quarter to Nine. Ring, ring, and who's there? One, two, three. Now, this morning, when you woke up and the prospect of walking to church because the car doesn't work came to your mind, you had a choice, did you not? I'm going to church, and God will bless you, you see. That's a lovely example. But let me tell you, that sort of thinking comes into you in my life all the time. You read about the love of God, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love does not parade itself. Does not parade itself. Now you see, you read that, oh, that's wonderful. I don't parade myself. Do I, Haley? Speak into the microphone. <laughs> I want it on record. No. <laughs> but let me tell you. That didn't happen overnight. There was a time in my life where, guess what? Graham loved to parade himself. And it's dangerous if you had that attitude and you play the trumpet. (laughs) I mean, I've shared this before. It's so embarrassing that I'll share it again. I went to the minister. This one church was really going well. Anointing had come upon them. This was the heart of the charismatic revival. And there, this minister was doing so well with this wonderful congregation. And old Graham, he creeps up to the minister and says, would you like someone to play the trumpet? Who do you think that someone was, by any chance? Was I promoting somebody else? Oh, no, Graham wanted to parade himself. I mean, especially seeing there was a choir. Um, I was unmarried at the time, by the way filled with these beautiful girls. (laughs) And my soul, did I come in on the trumpet? There's one problem, though. For your information, those who don't know music, a trumpet is a transposing instrument, which means what's written and what is sounded, there's a tone difference. (laughs) I came in onward, Christian soldiers. But the trumpet came in on the third verse. A whole tone out. <laughs> Do you want to see somebody creep home very quietly? <laughs> Amen? Very quietly. I put my trumpet in the boot. Didn't mention it again. Now, but you see, that was the old nature. But it goes on. It's very demanding, this. You see? Love does not seek its own. Do you know that? Love does not seek its own. So if love doesn't seek its own, what does love do? The real love of God. The love of God seeks the best for others. You understand? Now you read that, very simply read that. Oh, I don't do that. What happens? Suddenly you find yourself in company. If you don't know that scripture, or you don't know any better, what do we do? We try and make the most out of that Environment for who? Ourselves. You get it? We gravitate to the front line of the food too. Make sure that if the food runs out, (laughs) guess what? I will be fed. You get it? Double portion in case there's none left over for seconds. I know nobody here does this sort of thing. You've never done this, hey Rolfi. This is totally foreign to thee. completely. No, nothing about it. There's somebody else here. Anybody? Is it just me?) just you. Well, what I'm trying to say is, you see, now, the old man comes into a situation and wants to behave like that. Amen? But the word says no. Seek the best for others. You see, that's love. Think of everybody else first. You see, very often I'm talking about society because it's common to us all. Who do we gravitate to in the natural? People that we sort of feel are going to make us look good to be with. Am I right? We see the nerd the wimp, whatever over there, ignore them. No, I don't want to associate with them. you understand? But what does love do? you get it? You see, now, the point is this, that you and I come into a situation and we know what the Word says. The Word says love does not seek its own. It doesn't. Now, the temptation is to seek your own. All right. Make sure that chocolate cake looks after you. It's got funny. And Janet and I were invited. What was the occasion? We had to bring a cake. It was very embarrassing. But this is you know dirty washing morning. They asked us, "Please bring a cake. Please bring a cake." They didn't give us any detail. We brought a cake. We bought one of these instant cakes, you see, and we made it up. And I don't know if you know, but these things are sort of like, you know, designed for one glutton, <laughs> not two. We arrive at the party. The whole world and his doggies there, plus children, and now it's time for dessert. The ballons are going to feed you. Oh, my soul. Out comes this pathetic crumb. Fortunately, there were a whole lot of... What do they call it? Slimy, slim crowd there. They had their own little dish over there. So that relieved us of half the embarrassment. But let me tell you, this was a very nice cake. And we scraped all the cash together to buy them because they're not cheap. And I was eyeing this cake. And I was looking at the crowd and I thought, you're going home hungry, boy. <laughs> but you see, the old nature has said, before we have, I will cut the cake. Stand back, run off with of the offer. But you understand, I mean, that thing was polished in about two seconds. It was embarrassing. But you see, when you come into a situation like that, what's got to be our mentality? You see, we've got to choose. No, forget about me. Forget about me. You get it? And let me just say this. This is the beauty of it. Let's just read the scripture. Remember, this opening scripture was the kingdom of God is within us. Within you. Amen? Within you. You got that. Let's just go to Galatians. Galatians 4. I'm just going to read from 12 to 22. This is Paul. Now, Paul had quite a job. All right? Galatians 4, 12 to 22. Brethren, now you must understand something about Paul. He took his job seriously. Amen? He didn't believe in pastoring by remote control as in internet. I'll put out the word and just trust you lot will get on with it. He was hands-on when he could be, but sometimes he couldn't. That's why he resorted to writing letters. Thank God, because we've got some record. You understand? Brethren, I urge you, speaking to the church at Galatia, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. All right. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject. But you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes And given them to me. That doesn't mean he had eye problems, by the way, for information. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing, always and not only when I am present with you. Now listen to this. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. Let me explain it. What had actually happened is Paul had established this church at great expense to himself, as you can see. And then he was away because he had to go all over the place. And then the Judaizers came to try and get the people to follow them. You see? And the sad thing is they went for it. All right? They went for it. They had to try and fight back. To get them back, you see. And that's why we have the book of Galatians, actually. But notice what he says. All this trouble he went through, for what purpose? Christ to be formed in you. Amen? Remember, the kingdom of God is in us. I'm trying to tie a few things together here, you see. But Christ, when you and I get born again, yes, he's in us. But there's a process of him being in us and being formed in us, is what we're talking about. Do you see that? Being formed in us. If Christ is formed in us, we become like him. Can I ask you a question? Who's the king of the kingdom? Christ, Yeshua, Jesus, right? So when you and I, the more we become, like the king, to the greater extent we can extend his kingdom. Do you see the tie Remember what I said. Extending the kingdom is not just about what we say and what we do. But intrinsically tied up with that is who we actually are. Amen? Who we are. And that's the process, you see. That's why we have the word. But let me just explain it this way. You see, I come to a situation. For example, there's the cake. The old Graham would like to eat the whole cake for himself. You understand? And believe it or not, he's quite capable of it. His skill extends to that level in the eating department. Amen? Now, what happens? You see? In a sense, you look at that and you think, you know what? What does the Bible say? Love doesn't seek its own. Mm -hmm. Slap handies. Step back. And enjoy the smile on the children's faces. But please, listen. You make the right choice. We make the right choice. Our flesh doesn't want to make the choice. Does everybody grasp this? It's not our nature. But we make The choice, despite our nature, guess what starts to happen? You and I consistently do that. You know what happens? Your one-mind nature actually changes. Can you see that? Slowly but surely, Christ is formed in us. Amen? Christ is formed in us. Let me ask you a question. What sort of person would you and I be drawn to? Somebody's only concerned about themselves or someone who's genuinely concerned about you and I? Do you all see that? Who are we naturally drawn to? You can't fake it, did you know that? You can't fake the love of God. You can't. You can't pretend it. That's why I like the children so much. No room for any kind of fooling around. They see right through everything, because their hearts are so pure at that stage. They're working on it, but at that stage. Can you see? They just know. They just know who or what is before them. But you see, you and I, we, in a sense, have been contaminated by the world system. What is our duty? Slowly but surely, at times painfully even, amen? Make the right choices. Garden of Gethsemane, not my will. You see? Not my will, yours. What would love do in this situation? Love is not provoked. Did you know that? Love is not provoked. Can I put that in common? terminology. Love doesn't get fed up. You understand? Love doesn't take things to heart. Doesn't take the bait of Satan. Doesn't do it. You like a bit of just in-house information. You will be offended in church. Amen. Can I get more to the point? You will be offended in this church. <laughs> Is that because I love to offend or we love to offend people? Not at all. Not at all. But it's the nature of the kingdom of heaven to actually touch the button. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The particular thing that upsets thee, O Holy One of Israel. (laughs) Trust the hound of heaven to come and focus on that. You see, not the other stuff that you got right. Please. You see, We don't have to work on what we've got right, do we? I mean, if you're teaching a child maths and they can't do subtraction, what have you got to focus on? Oh, you can add, you can multiply. You're doing great, son. However, let's go to minus and divide. You see, what have you got to work on? The weak spots. God knows that. Why? He wants to see Christ form. Amen? Can you see that? And that's so valuable to God. That's so valuable to God. You go through the accident. What is the issue? How am I going to react? Is it not? How am I going to react? I get into a troubled situation. What am I going to do? And God is sitting on the sidelines. Let's see what he does. And we blow it, maybe. We get angry. We do the wrong thing. Do you know what happens? Back on the track of life round the mountain. And then what happens? Similar situation comes our way. Oh, surprise, surprise. Well, there's no surprises in it. What's the whole issue? God won't let go until what? Christ is formed. In us. Amen? If you have anger issues, let me tell you, look to be provoked. Look forward to the opportunity to throw your toys out of the cot. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to happen time and time and time again until such time as what? You wise up and you say, you know what? I'm not going to throw my toys out of the cot. And then God says, "Okay, we can stop with that test. There was a time in my life when God had to deal with my impatience. He's still working on it, by the way. But I was impatience on steroids. And I got it from my father. My father was the most impatient man I've ever met. I went fishing with him once. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. got in the car foot flat. We're going fishing. We arrive at this place. Get everything into the boat. We're going fishing. And then we finish. Get in the car. Let's go home. <laughs> that, he just he had no peace. He's just in a rush all the time. God's teaching me patience. There was a stage in my life. I lived in a small village. And every time I got in the car, no matter what time of day or night or where I was going, I'd get onto the road and guess what would happen? A big truck come in front of me, travelling at about 10 k's an hour. Then that would get out of the way and I'd say, oh great! And then what? Another truck. A bus. <laughs> it was uncanny. Every time I wanted to drive somewhere. It's a small village, but every truck, every bus, every I don't know what, slow-moving donkey cart there was in that village would jump in front of me. It's a horrible experience. Not that I had a very fast car, but my impatience wanted to push that thing to get from A to B in two seconds. But, oh no, not for you, Graham. Until I wised up, what did I realize? God's trying to teach me something. So instead of letting my blood pressure rise through the roof and start to speak heavenly language, (laughs) directed at the driver of the said slow-moving vehicle, words which my father also taught me. Industrial English, by the way. Oh, yes, and I'm a Christian, and I'm a pastor. Isn't that wonderful? A beautiful, beautiful hypocrite. But God was teaching me a lesson, you understand? Until I wised up and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get there anyway. Slow down. Lay it on me. Where's the next one sort of thing? What's the miracle? The moment my attitude changed, guess what? Not a truck, not a bus, not a donkey cart to be seen. You understand? What was God busy trying to do? Form Christ in me. Does oh, everybody grasp this? You see, this is the process. And let me tell you, children of God, if you and I want to promote the kingdom of heaven, and please, it's so important to grasp, this forming of Christ in you and I has got nothing to do with trying to get God to love us. Has everybody got that? He cannot love us any more than he already has before we even born again. Do you understand? You and I are not trying to be nice and holy so that Almighty God will give us an extra cookie when we get there. Do you understand? You've got that mentality, you've missed the boat totally. Amen? The bus, over you. The bus <laughs> rode over you. Exactly. What is it about? Let me tell you exactly what it's about. It's about what we're talking here. You see? Christ in you, the more he's in us, the more effective we are to extend his kingdom. Amen? And that's what he's about. Amen? Do you know there are men? Charles Finney was a man in which the Holy Spirit had really filled this man. He wouldn't even have to stop in the village. He'd go past in the train and the village would get saved. How's that? You see, that's Christ formed in you. Smith Wigglesworth, it's known, he went on a train and while he's sitting, minding his own business, a man falls to the floor and says, Sir, you convict me of my sin. Pray for me. Can you see? What's happened there? You see, Christ has been formed. In that man. The more Christ is formed in you and I, the easier it is to extend the kingdom. Amen? You won't have to argue. What's supposed to happen? We're supposed to be so different, especially in this dark world that's getting darker and darker all the time. No reference to ESCOM. But you and I, if we're shining brightly because of what? Christ formed in us. Everybody's throwing their toys out of the proverbial cot, petrified, men's hearts failing because of fear. And here comes the man and woman in whom Christ is formed. Peace. Peace. No problem. You understand? Everybody's filled with rage and hate. And what happens? Here comes along the person. In whom the love of God is perfected. Let me help you, brother. Everybody's trying to get their little bit because there's so little around. Here, let me help you. You'll know the kingdom of heaven has come. When Graham pitches up at your home and says, I baked this chocolate cake just for thee. (laughs) I've said enough. Let's pray. Father God, this is quite a task. It's a lifetime business. But I pray that we would be people that make a difference. Why? Because we've allowed your word to work in us. We've allowed your spirit to change us. We've allowed your son to be formed in us. This painful process of dying to the old ways, the old way of life, the old thinking patterns, the old nature, Holy Spirit, fill us, we pray, make us more like Him, in His mighty name, Amen.